Good evening, Don't Unfriend Me Nation, episode 406 of Don't Unfriend Me. Who am I? My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Tonight, what are we talking about? Well, first, the new flag behind me. It's beautiful. Yes, that's a real AR. Yes, that's a real American flag, and it's made of wood, and it's from the wonderful, wonderful company of Percival Flag Company. You can go on to the Percival Flag Company site, percivalflag.com, and put in DUMB05 for a discount. They're good friends of the show. I want to see them succeed. I'm not being paid for this. I just love the product. Now that I've done that, what are we talking about? We're talking about Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland was a Supreme Court nominee under the Obama administration. You might remember Democrats being in a tiff that he wasn't nominated and Republicans refused to actually conduct a confirmation hearing. Well, has that come back to bite Republicans or is this a guy have a vendetta and he's going to go ahead and do whatever he can to get Trump? It's probably a little bit of both. We'll be right back after this and we will talk about it. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. That is still point, ladies and gentlemen, the Don't Unfriend Me band, and thank you. It's a minute long, and I understand that some people might say, hey, wait a second, that's too long of an intro. When a band from Georgia listens to your show, and you're as small time as I am, and they want to write you a song, go into a studio, take six months to produce it, and make a master copy of it, damn skippy, I'm playing the full minute, and I don't care. If I go syndicate... If I go national, I'm still playing that one minute. I don't care about the airtime. It's important, man. Loyalty is important. That band rocks. Thanks for listening to him. What are we talking about tonight? We're talking about Merrick Garland. He's a stooge. I'm just going to let you know. Listen, I've made a case. You can go to YouTube. You can take a look or Facebook or any of my channels. Type in Supreme Court Justice Nominations, and you will hear my argument about how for 30 years the Democrats have done the exact same thing that we did to Merrick Garland. Now, the only difference is, could it possibly be that we didn't confirm Merrick Garland because of another reason other than it was just Republican hatred? He was a fairly moderate candidate, center-left. And Hillary Clinton certainly would have pushed a more progressive candidate, but either way, he wasn't qualified. And he's not qualified because we're seeing it now. He's a partisan hack, and he always has been. 
The thing is, is that they tried to sell it to us that he was a centrist, that he was somebody down the middle that Obama could put the peace pipe down and say, here you go. Let's stop beating each other with a lead pipe. I'm going to propose you this olive branch and it's Merrick Garland. You should all fall over yourselves and nominate him. And Republicans said no. A little bit of spite over 30 years of Democrats doing the same thing from circuit judges into federal judges. But it doesn't matter. We said no. He is shown to be an ill-effective attorney general. And just an interesting thing that we've seen. How many times are they going to go after Donald Trump? Now, I have my issues with Donald Trump. I talk about them all the time. But what I do not really tolerate is this witch hunt that has been going on. He is the most investigated man ever. They know what he had for breakfast tomorrow. That's how far they've been up his colon. They've impeached him three times. They wanted to do it a fourth time. They have failed miserably. It did impeachment proceedings twice and was convicted of nothing. The Senate said, no, there's not enough. We're not going to do anything. Now, you might go ahead and say, well, they had a whopping majority in the Senate, but that's not true. Bipartisanship happens all the time in Washington when it's important enough. You'll see it. There'll be a school shooting and something will pass, like a bump stock ban, or they'll limit mag capacity. Something may happen with a, a well diggers or coal miners, and there'll be a massive turn of black lung, and therefore they'll pass legislation that limits the amount of exposure coal miners may have. They may see teachers go on strike or uh, union workers for grocery stores or uh, train conductors go on strike and legislation will be passed. There might be a major hurricane and money is found underneath the mattress coffers and is brought out to go ahead and help these states. It happens from time to time. If Donald Trump truly 100% with no equivocation was guilty of whatever they haven't charged him with, he would be indicted. Democrats, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting for a a swamp gas to bounce off of Saturn? Maybe a unicorn to come down or Pegasus to fly down? What, what, What are we waiting for? If this is so monumental and so real, then what could we possibly be waiting for? Well, Merrick Garland knows. It's interesting if you look at this. Right before the midterms, information was released in regards to supposed classified folders. You know, the things that happen every time a president is outside the Oval Office and isn't in the residence. He receives briefings at Camp David. He receives briefings on Air Force One, on Marine One overseas in Japan. Wherever he's at at the time, he receives his daily briefing. And yes, confidential information is put into folders and presented to the president. This was supposed to be the smoking gun that took down Donald Trump. Not P-tapes, not Mike Levinati, not going ahead and wiring his office for sound, not going ahead and trying to impeach him on things that were ultimately ridiculous that Joe Biden has done as well, and nobody says word one. Of course, there is contradiction. But this was it. These thousands, tens of thousands of documents, which were predominantly personal photographs, or magazine clippings, or whatever, there was very little hard evidence. In fact, we counted 17, if you look at the warrant and you look at the catalog, 
of inventory collected from that day, 17 documents that were either secret or compartmentalized. And some of those were just folders and not documents themselves. No disclosure as to what they were. A lot of people said they were nuclear codes and secrets that he sold to Putin. Those people are also idiots. It comes down to this. If there was something there, there, they would have got him in February, February, when they had already searched the premises and had a warrant. They did tell Donald Trump and his team to lock and secure the area that it needed to be secure because there was compartmentalized information. If they took that back and did not educate at that point, held on to it for four months, and then issued another warrant and are going to indict him, that is about as anorexic as Karen Carpenter. It's not going to hold up in court. It's razor thin. Sorry for the Karen Carpenter fans. I happen to like her. Tasteless joke. I'm sorry. Sue me later. Leave it down in the comments. Donald Trump is not the kindest, nicest, sweetest guy. And you don't always want to toe the line for him. But what he most assuredly not is guilty of these things that they say. Because if he was, well, they would do something about it. Well, here we have it, Matt. The proof we've finally been waiting for. This is just like the stolen election, people. So now we don't care anymore about these documents that were in Mar-a-Lago. And let's see. When we win the House, Republicans immediately go after Hunter Biden, which I said not to do and go after Joe Biden as being the big guy, which I said, keep your eye on the ball. I understand it's a separate committee. I understand they can do walk and chew gum at the same time, even though Democrats can't, but it doesn't matter. It sends a message. It sends a message that you're going after a sitting president, and it's going to piss off the liberals. What did they do? Well, here we go. Special counsel assigned to Donald Trump, and they're going to try to go after him. Can they? Will they? That was an extremely long preface. Well, I'm going to show you a video first to talk about Merrick Garland and then tell you why nothing is going to happen just like always. This is Ted Cruz going off on Merrick Garland, and I love it because I wrote this this morning, and this is fantastic. Watch. My God, a parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment? Yes, it is. Okay. 15 of the 20 on the now before everyone says oh my god ted cruz has turned into a nazi not only did he did his father assassinate john f kennedy according according to trump but now he's a nazi sympathizer that's not what he's saying ted cruz finds nazis abhorrent i don't even need to talk to ted i don't need to have him on my show we don't know each other and i assure you this man is not a nazi just a few little reasons why, but we don't need to go into it. Do a simple Google search and find out, is Ted Cruz a Nazi? And I think you'll find out some things that'll disprove that quickly. What he's trying to say is even scumbags are protected in the First Amendment. And there are most assuredly some scumbag parents out there. But 20 cases, 15 of those cases were not even uh, violent. They were something that somebody disagreed with in the school board. And when parents are protesting and generally upset because Merrick Garland has called them domestic terrorists, and you can say, no, 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 Matt, that's not what he said. Yes, he did. He based his memo that he wrote empowering the FBI to go after parents off of a letter from the LCPS school board here in Virginia. I know because I live here. This is standard water cool, cooler talk. You guys get it third and fourth hand. We get it firsthand here because we're the community. Face of it are not violent. They're not threats of violence. They're parents who are unhappy. Yet, 
Miraculously, when you write a memo, the opening line of your memo, in recent months, there has been a disturbing spike in harassment, intimidation, and threats of violence. You're the Attorney General of the United States. This was not a tweet you sent. This is a memo to the Federal Bureau of Investigations saying, go investigate parents as domestic terrorists. That is not what the memo says at all. It does it, not is it what the letter says? That is not what Is it what the letter says? I don't care what the letter says. You don't care. care. You said it. Uh, That's obvious. You don't care what the letter says, but everything that you went ahead and put in that memo was based off the letter, or shall I say the people underneath you? He has no knowledge of this. The reason why is because he's not handling this. He is probably one of the most ineffective AGs I've ever seen. You can say a lot about the previous AGs we've had, Eric Holder or even Barr, but I will tell you at least they were engaged. At least they would answer a question. The thing about Merrick Garland is he doesn't know anything that he hasn't been told. The guy is feckless, spineless, and this is why he's not a Supreme Court justice, thank God. The basis of your memo, you testified under oath before the House of Representatives, the letter was the basis of your memo. Now you don't care about the letter? The letter and public reports of violence and threats of violence. My memo says nothing about domestic terrorism, says nothing about parents committing any such things. My memo is an attempt to get an assessment of whether there is a problem out there. Merrick Garland, everybody. The guy ultimately does this all the time. And I was struck by one thought when I watched this. This is a man who could have occupied the Supreme Court position. Thank God he was unsuccessful. He's unimpressive. And he is skillful only in one actual thing, not answering questions, which were posed to him by senators and Ted Cruz. He also seems unconcerned about liberty and quite comfortable with unleashing the power of the national intelligence and law enforcement apparatus on unruly parents at school board meetings, but would not opine on the appropriateness of same for the rioters who killed some people, burned down cities, and destroyed millions and millions of dollars worth of property as well as causing job losses and overtaxing emergency services. Parents upset at school boards will sick the FBI on them. Antifa, BLM rioters, and arsonists organized and paid for by whom? Crickets chirp loudly in silence, don't they? I'm absolutely glad he does not sit on the Supreme Court. Merrick Garland wasn't confirmed as a Supreme Court justice because Congress found him, in one word, lacking. If Obama wanted to appoint someone in election year when the opposition party held Congress, he would have needed to work with Republicans to find a candidate to their liking. For example, if Obama had appointed a Gorsuch or Kavanaugh or Barrett, no doubt the Senate would have had no trouble confirming the nominee. Instead, Obama picked what he felt would be a left-leaning centrist, and he found out that the Republicans chose to ignore the appointment on the idea that they would have fared better should a Republican win the White House. And that's exactly what unfolded. To go a step further, If Hillary had won the 2016 elections and Democrats had taken the Senate, the lame duck Republicans would have probably voted to put Garland on the court, fearing that President H.R.C. Clinton, (coughs) never going to happen, would have withdrawn him in favor of someone much further to the left and more progressive. 
Does anyone believe that if Chucky Schumer and the Democrats controlled the Senate and Trump nominated Amy Barrett during his last year, the Democrats would have done anything different? Of course not. This is how politics work. So what if they charge him with insurrection? Will he be blocked? The short answer is no. And here's why. The U.S. Constitution specifies in very clear language the qualifications required to hold the office of the presidency. In Section 1, Clause 5 of Article 2, it states, quote, no person except a natural-born citizen or a citizen of the United States at the time of adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of president. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. These three requirements, natural-born citizenship, age, and residency, are the only specifications set forth in United States founding documents. Congress has no power to alter that. Furthermore, the Supreme Court has made it clear that constitutionally prescribed qualifications to hold federal office may not be altered or supplemented by either the Congress or any of the states. Justices clarified the court's position in their 1969 Powell versus McCormack, and that was the ruling. The case followed the adoption of a resolution by the House of Representatives barring pastor and New York politician Adam Clayton Powell Jr. from taking his seat in the 90th Congress. The resolution was not based on Powell's failure to meet the age, citizenship, and residency requirements for House members set forth in the Constitution. Rather, the House found that Powell had diverted congressional funds and made false reports about certain currency transactions. Oh, the horror. Sounds like he spilt his tea in Muffets, lovey. Looks like we're going to have to impeach him. Now, you get a pat on the back. When Powell sued to take his seat, the Supreme Court invalidated the House's resolution on grounds that it added to the constitutionally specified qualifications for Powell to hold office. In the majority opinion, the court held that, quote, Congress has no power to alter the qualifications in the text of the Constitution. For the same reason, no limitation could now be placed on Trump's candidacy, nor could he be barred from taking office if he were to be indicted or even convicted. But what about the case of insurrection? The 14th Amendment, they are leveraging. The Constitution includes no qualifications regarding these conditions either, with one significant exception. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment disqualifies any person from holding federal office, quote, who having previously taken oath to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Did somebody support the English and I'm not aware? The reason why this matters is the DOJ and Merrick Garland is currently investigating Trump for his activities related to January 6th insurrection at the Capitol and have most recently assigned special counsel, as I said earlier. And under the provisions of the 14th Amendment, Congress is authorized to pass laws to enforce its provisions. And in February 2021, one Democratic congressman proposed House Bill 1405. You may remember I did a show on this, providing for a cause of action to remove and bar from holding office certain individuals who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. You may remember I called this the Book 
of Donald Trump. The reason why they wrote it was for him, and this is what they're leveraging once everyone forgot about it. And even in the event of Trump being found to have participated in insurrection or rebellion that had no chance of actually being an insurrection or rebellion, he might conceivably argue that he is exempt from Section 3 for a number of reasons. The 14th Amendment does not specifically refer to the presidency, and it's not self-executing. That is, it needs subsequent legislation to enforce it. Additional points. Trump could also point to the fact that Congress enacted an Amnesty Act in 1872 that lifted the ban on office holding for officials from many former Confederate states. He may also argue that his activities on and before January 6th did not constitute an insurrection, as it is understood by the wording of the amendment. There are few judicial precedents that interpret Section 3, and as such, its application in modern times remains unclear. So even if House Bill 1405 were to be adopted, it is not clear whether it would be enough to disqualify Trump from serving as president again. And I don't know. And I'm not sure that I really care if he would or wouldn't. I mean, I care greatly in two senses. I care greatly that if he is going to prosecute Mr. Trump, that he have far better evidence and proof than the travesties of Mrs. Pelosi and Fitch and those grand old show impeachments. I care greatly that of the trial not be a kangaroo court, so to speak. And I care greatly that the precedence is being set in which people think it politically expedient and acceptable to attack a former leader of the nation for what seems to me to be the political agenda of the party that oppose him. I care very much about what it will do to our nation even more. What I don't care about is that Mr. Trump is the target, that anyone should be the target of such hatred in the absence of compelling and definitive evidence and an honest trial is really all that matters. Remember what Donald Trump said, not that I take his comments as sermon, but they're, once they're not after me, they're after you, and I stand in the way. I believe at least half of that is true, and they're going to do whatever they can to take him down. Because Democrats want one thing, power, just like Republicans. But what they do with that power is different. Republicans kind of want to sit on their hands and allow government to remain the same size that it is and not really change anything. Democrats want to completely overhaul our Constitution and our form of government, even the way we elect people, even which states are involved, maybe not even states at all, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico. They want to pack the court. They want to allow illegal immigration in because they realize that they lose their young base faster and faster as every decade approaches. Their policies are horrendous. People need to understand that Donald Trump at this point isn't bulletproof. He's just not a target that you can shoot at anymore. They've done everything they can. There are more holes in him than Swiss cheese. And nothing is going to stick because, let's face it, like everyone in politics, they're all made out of Teflon because, really, nobody wants anything to stick. Folks, I appreciate you watching tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please do me a favor. Stop by my website, don'tunfriendme.com. Pick up some cool shirts, some hats. Not this hat. This is Houston Rockets. Some coffee, all that stuff. It's all veteran-made in the USA, and we give 10% back to Travis Banyan Foundation. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-825-PRESS-1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It's way too many. Please do me a favor. Reach out to a vet. See how you can help. It's free of charge, 100%. It'll never be reported to your duty station. 
and veterans need to have that conversation. If you are not a veteran and you, excuse me, are a civilian, you can reach out as well. They'll never turn anybody away. Tell them Matt sent you. And if you can't make that call, give me a ring. I'll do it with you. Folks, thanks so much for watching. That's it for Don't Unfriend Me. We'll be live tonight at 8.30, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We are always live. And then I do a recorded show Monday through Friday. Please like, share, subscribe, and follow across all social media. Thank you so much. God bless. And I will see you tonight at 8.30 or tomorrow for the recorded show. Talk to you soon.